0: Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 662 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show. I'm joined this week by Brian Altano. Hello. And Max Beyond.
1: Scoville. <laughs> Beyondzo and Begonzo, and welcome once more to the radio time.
0: And all you uh, listeners and viewers out there, please keep track of all of our dangling participles throughout uh, the course <laughs> of the show, as we'll be asking for a final tally for next week's episode.
2: Right before we uh, started recording, Jonathan said dangling participle. participle? Did I say right? Yeah, participle. Part- part- participle. Participle. And I realized I hadn't heard that in like 15 years. And now I've, I've said it and heard it like seven times in five minutes. What yeah, is I that? Thought... Sound off in the comments
1: below with a few dangling participles. What, yeah. what is that? I never learned that. I don't, I think I was in dumb kids English
0: class. I think we should have the the viewers and listeners right in. Also, because if I say the definition slightly wrong, someone's going to actually me. And I don't know if I want to put myself out there for that right now. Because self-esteem. Anyway, uh, we will have plenty of subject-verb agreement to talk about this episode. But we will also be talking about uh, the next-gen console race as it goes on. Every time I mention a part of speech, my girlfriend gives me side-eye across the room. <laughs> Even though I had put out a call actually before this episode mentioning, hey, there's not a lot of PlayStation news this week. And there still isn't, but there is some big next-gen launch news, especially for uh, this holiday season that we can talk about. So I definitely want to jump into that. But I did want to mention, if you're just joining us this week uh, and you have to have missed it, we did record a second episode last week going over the state of play which aired last thursday august 6th so if you happen to have missed that episode it is in the feeds on youtube on IGN, on your podcast services uh you can hear all of our thoughts on what worked, what didn't and what we hope to see in the future from state of play in that episode um, but i do want to jump into what is the biggest next gen news and it's not playstation 5 related exactly but i do think it will have an impact on ps5 going into this fall and that is of course the news that broke just a little bit before we started recording Uh, which is the fact that Halo Infinite has been delayed into 2021. It's no longer set for a day-and-date release with the Xbox Series X, so its Xbox One and PC versions are also coming out next year. Um, Alongside that, Microsoft did kind of to help soften the blow, I think, mentioned, oh, but by the way, it's coming in November. Again, not an exact date, but narrowing it down to a month, and surprise, surprise, it's November. Uh, But they also did sort of mention... They kind of outlined what their plans are for the launch window. So they said, you know, there will be over a 100 Xbox Series X optimized titles in between um, games that are made exclusively for next gen and PC or for games that are made for Xbox One as well that will have like Series X improvements. And of course, they're also touting the fact that they have four generations of backward compatibility. And so you can play thousands of games at launch um I, I do want to get to sort of the way that they're framing the entirety of all of this stuff but i i do want to take a look specifically at halo at first um you know they they give some explanation for it essentially saying um there's been a number of factors that caused the delay and one of them of course being the impact of COVID 19 on you know working from home and having to deal with such a big title from home uh obviously 343 is a huge uh studio and i I think a lot of the discussion we've seen since this announcement has definitely been a whole you know trying to get in the first take of whether or not this is good for microsoft bad for microsoft good for halo bad for halo good for sony bad for sony i think we've seen like everyone trying to jump the gun on whether or not it is good or bad and i think the answer is somewhere in the middle um, I, I definitely want to hear both of your thoughts about it because you know I've I've been thinking to myself, of course, for the last few hours. But Brian, uh, how did how did you take this announcement? I think in terms of what it means for Xbox this fall and what it means for PlayStation this fall.
2: So uh, you know, obvious caveat: I'm not a big Halo guy. Um, that said, I am a big video game guy, and I love console launches. I'm fascinated in the ebb and flow between uh, large swaths of dedicated consumers, uh, becoming not so dedicated and hopping from platform to platform, the sort of like, you know, the turns throughout the time of, of how, uh, people have gravitated towards systems and made them the dominant launch console is always interesting to me. Um, my immediate reaction was like, this really sucks. Uh, not even because I had any full intention of playing this at launch, although I do have intention of buying a series a series X on day one. Um, but because this, I think, um, this changes the conversation around launch consoles, uh, launch games. It changes the conversation around, uh, a justification people might have to gravitate towards this system, which I think deflates competition a little bit. And I think competition is a tremendously important thing in this and every medium. And so, um, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, it is interesting, though, because I do think that like it opens up a different outlet for Microsoft, as you can see, they're already doing with that press mm-hmm. release this morning or this afternoon, um, which will try to differentiate their presence this November against PlayStations. I think PlayStation is going to be like, this is this big, gigantic, shiny new thing with exclusive games and Spider-Man, and Microsoft's is going to be like, thousands, hundreds, millions they're going to say like with with PlayStation they're going to be like we have this is you know this this must have individual detail this thing this game this moment this controller this new design and Microsoft is going to go we have so much stuff just tons and tons of stuff <laughs> and so i think it'll be sort of a jack of all trades master of none historically if you look back especially this generation launch games sucked like yeah <laughs> like there was really not a lot going on um Switch so launch was the best yeah. exclusive for PS4, the best guess, exclusive sorry. there. Um, you know, the Xbox One, which rolled out with a litany of its own personal problems, launched uh, with exclusives like there was a Forza, obviously. Uh, Killer there was Instinct, Dead Rising 4, yeah. you know, there was yeah, Killer Instinct, like big stuff, but not Loco Cycle, really like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not really like stuff that's like you know, swing for the fences, you know, be the first to 10 million type of situation, and so yeah i want both of these systems to succeed i don't want another uh i don't want to blow out i don't want to see one of these things just go the you know direction of the wii u or go where there's you know a hundred million uh console sort of split between the two because i want them to be neck and neck i want them to be close obviously i don't think they will be i do think that playstation will uh, probably become the dominant thing this generation but i think this is a big blow to people who want to play a brand new halo this fall for lapsed players for uh hardcore players like this is a big recognizable franchise it's going to become better once it gets delayed most
1: games do but this is a big blow
0: yeah Uh, max what did you think yeah
1: i think that i mean again looking at last gen it seemed like these were two consoles directly competing with each each other and I, i think this time around it's like we're we're seeing console versus ecosystem like microsoft is very much basically trying to get people into the xbox space whether that is you know, Xbox One, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, like whatever it is, if they get you in there and they get you on Game Pass, then, you know, they kind of hooked you. And that's, that's, that's great. Um, obviously, having a killer app is a huge thing when you have a console at launch. And I feel like really, I mean, Spider-Man Miles Morales is, is cool. But I, I, can't, I honestly, it doesn't seem like there's really much on either side at this point. Um, like I was honestly like pretty, pretty curious about halo infinite. And that's, that's as a guy who typically really isn't into halo, but the idea of like, Hey, here's a, you know, here's a new Xbox console. We're coming out swinging with effectively a sort of, you know, soft reboot force Awakensing of this beloved Microsoft franchise. And now it's being sort of pushed. And I think the big takeaway here is that like, I I think that, you know, looking at just sort of side by side, you've got this pretty, you know, sizable family of Xbox consoles and it, it seems like there's like definitely a lot more, you know, there's a lot more choice, you know, like if you want to jump into that whole ecosystem and play the hottest new series X games, you can theoretically do that with, you know, the budget priced Xbox series S model that comes out, not not even series S the the Xbox one S like you can get the cheapest possible bundle and play the games that are going to be launching on the series X because they've said at launch, they're not going to be having a bunch of like first party exclusives that are locked into one new console which is kind of weird to think about because the PS five is going to come out and there are going to be some like brand new only on PlayStation five kind of games. Um, But that, that I don't know. I think that, that there's it's, it seems like Xbox is is playing a a much like a a longer game. You know, it's, it's the, it's the long con. Yeah, they're,
0: they're totally playing two different games. And that's, what's going to be weird going into this next gen is because I, I think like our standard ways of looking at what success is, aren't going to mean the same thing going into next gen where like, if the PS5 happens to sell more in its first year than, you know, the Series X and Series S, Microsoft may still be able to say, hey, yeah, but we added 15 million Game Pass subscribers this year. So we're making a ton of money that way. And, and that's not something that's easily quantifiable to PS Plus right now or even to PS Now. Um, right. Just in terms of mm-hmm. what the focus for the companies are. Yeah, it's... We're going to be looking at a, a very different generation going into it. And I, I agree with both of you. Like, they're they're playing different games and it's gonna take time for our vocabulary and the way that the you know uh, the industry at large looks at that and looks at what is working and what isn't working and kind of gets a handle on that
1: it's it's also it's gonna be weird if they look at Xbox as one cohesive ecosystem or one like one player base because technically I, I I could be wrong here but I'm guessing that people on series X can play games with people on you know Xbox one
0: as far as like, we know yeah yeah There's
1: right but I don't, we don't know what's going on with, with PS4 and PS5. And like, I feel like Sony's going to be like, you know, we have this many, I mean, they're they're probably still going to say like this many active PSN users, but in the same way that we saw that, like those numbers of like the number of people, uh, you know, playing PS4 online or like number of, of PlayStation plus subscribers. Like when you start kind of, I guess, adding more skews and kind of moving the goalposts, there's just, it's, it's different ways of making your number sound bigger. And if you've got, if you're counting everybody who's under the Xbox roof as being like, this is all the people playing on xbox these are is, there, is right. everybody playing on xbox live that's going to be a much larger number than being like hey here's everybody playing on playstation 5 whatever that I mean, means you know
2: yeah yeah for sure uh, i think at least i right right off the bat like if, if we if we if we clock the numbers in january right of 2021 uh, there will be more people on game pass as a whole than owners of the playstation 5 right and that's yeah. a that is an interesting metric to compare those things, but that's absolutely true. Um, on the flip side, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where developers are gonna start gravitating towards, uh, sure. developing towards. Um, the, the thing is like, I keep hearing and keep saying that Microsoft is playing a different game here. It is true. But in the, in the meantime, in the short term for the average consumer, I don't think they really care. You know, I think that like the Game Pass is an exceptional value. I think it's awesome. I wish Sony kicked PS Now in the ass and really made it something that like could compete because I think they really could if they spent a couple of weekends on it. Like, mm-hmm. just turned it into something that's like, yeah. like they're sitting on something right now where they can be like, oh, you guys like Game Pass? Well, we have that with um, PlayStation first party stuff.
1: You know, like oh, and that's, the- there's also the, the elephant in the room is is X Cloud, which is uh, right. if if you t- somebody tells somebody that they can play the hottest <laughs> new Xbox games with their phone. Mm-hmm. like that's that's suddenly kind of a different a different conversation with yeah, some I, some of their phones some yeah. of their phone with i don't uh, know what kind of phone they have this this hypothetical person they could have well, an android phone not
0: if, if, yeah, if
2: they don't have an iphone they don't they're not playing yeah, it unfortunately it
0: is yeah it's this weird thing where like the on the services front the, there's no contest like microsoft is kicking sony's ass when it comes to offering value uh, in game pass um Friend of the show, ex person on the show, uh, Alana Pierce uh, put up like a very good rant video about that a couple weeks ago. We're just like, it's it is such an astounding deal to be getting right now. When we also talk about how greedy the big publishers can be and how much they're trying to nickel and dime us with microtransactions, it's like here's a way to just get a bunch of games for a very small fee every month, and it is a really great deal. But yeah, like as you were saying, Brian, it is a. I don't know if the general audience like they really need to push communicating that if they want to succeed because. I, you know, I have an Xbox. I'm a subscriber to Game Pass. I I have bought games on sale on the PSN and forgotten about that. And they've been on Game Pass, but I just bought yep. them because I'm primarily on my PS4. And like if it, it will be a mindshare thing and having that box, no matter how strange you think it looks on, you know, right next to your TV going into next year and going into the next few years might really make the difference when it comes to who's going to, you know, win out console sales wise.
2: Right. and And, you know, Halo Infinite was... Deeply connected in Game Pass. That is, yeah. that was a day and day, day one Game Pass game, and so to for I think a lot of people they're going to be like, we still have Game Pass, but it's like, yeah, the value of that of that program just decreased slightly without that game being there and so i do it i do think it impacts and so where i think the conversation has to shift for microsoft to compete with sony and then thus for sony to compete back with microsoft is two things one microsoft really rings the bell on game pass in general which we're talking about but two they need to actually be able to prove to consumers assuming this is actually what happens that the series x is the best place to play third-party games outside of you know pc like if they can go like, this is a very old school, like Atari did this back in the 80s. They put up magazine ads with some, you know, but, like butthead in a suit and tie standing on a TV. And he was like, he's like, we heard you like baseball, but like, this is this is like in television. You know, like you got to do that. And so if they can come out and go, you know, all the big, like Assassin's Creed, Cyberpunk, all that, all that kind of stuff. Well, not Cyberpunk, because that's not really, you know, we'll see where that one goes. Um, if they can prove to audiences that everything looks and plays best in the series X, then maybe they have some, they have some leverage over Sony in that department. Cause in terms of launch games, I don't think they do in terms of, you know, uh, first party lineup for the foreseeable future. Obviously that's preferences, but I I'm, I'm always going to go with Sony on that one. And so I, I don't know if that's even possible to do because like third party launch games, Launch games in general, and uh, especially games released in the year of a first system, are always a little rough around the edges, and it's always hard to say. Um, this time around, for this generation, PlayStation launched by saying, or, or by you know, their game saying, basically, these look best here. And then halfway through the generation, the Xbox One X stepped in and said, no, they look best here. But I think the, I think the ship had already sailed in terms of consumers by then, and people were already sort of embedded in, in the system they wanted to be in. Um, But if they go, this is the best place to play third-party games, and we could prove it, then they might have something. But if not, I think people are going to continue to go to Sony.
0: Yeah, it's, um, you know, a big part of it is, of course, where people's friends go. And uh, at the end of the day, especially in this year, that's going to come down a lot to price. Like, I do... We were talking a little bit before the show. I don't think this means like Xbox is dead in the water. I think anyone proclaiming like, oh, suddenly the, you know, Xbox has no chance this generation. I don't think it means that, but I do think it's a really big dent to the competition that could happen at the beginning of this generation. And uh, unless there is a major difference between the price points, uh, Brian, you know, you've mentioned a few times, Sony has Spider-Man and like, Outside of talking about games every day, like we do, we do on the show, we cover them every day. You obviously listen to the show, or you go to IGN, or you know, wherever you consume games content. Spider Man is the biggest Marvel character. He is, him leaving the MCU was like the most tragic news we could have ever covered, somehow. Like that news was so big on IGN, it was like, Daunting to the audience. And then he was back in and nothing mattered. But like, <laughs> Spider Man matters so much to the general audience, and the general populace, and people love him so much. And so, when you tell people, like you were saying before the show, Brian, like, this is the only place to play a new Spider Man. This is the only place you can do that. And maybe there's, you know, there have been rumors that there will be like an up port version of the PS4 Spider Man, but like they can tout, you know, a combo pack or the best place to play it or like, here's a new slightly up version of it, like, whatever. Yeah, but here is a new Spider Man game. That is going to matter to a lot of people wanting to who don't follow games every day wanting to go buy a console.
2: It is it is the sequel or semi sequel to the second best selling PS4 game like and it is it stars the most pop culturally iconic superhero on planet Earth in 2020 like i, I think it's some people are like they're getting lost in the woods they're being like well oh, it's just 10 hour dlc or like miles morales is less popular than regular spider-man it's it's going to say spider-man in the box there's going to be a huge picture of spider-man and it's going to say ps5 in the corner and people are going to be like that's th- this will be the it'll be the best-selling launch game like by far of of any console this of, of the two launching it'll be the best-selling launch game i don't yeah. know if it'll sell you know something like breath of the wild which which literally outsold the switch somehow. (laughs) Well, I know, I know how I bought it physically and digitally. And there are plenty of idiots like me, but um, no, Miles Morales will be by a large margin, the best-selling new console launch game. I mean, check back in in January and tell me if I'm wrong, but like I won't be.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's nuts to think about how big of a factor that will be. And without, you know, Halo is such a recognizable franchise. So to have that there day and date, does matter, even if it's playable on PC, even if it's playable on Xbox One, like having that as the Series X reason to buy this console makes so much sense. And, you know, like obviously they can still tell you can play Game Pass, you can play, um, you know, thousands of games via backward compatibility. But, like, at, uh, unless they can definitively show every third party game plays and looks better on Series X, there's not a, if you have a PC, if you have an Xbox One, there is not a reason this fall to go buy a Series X in my mind right um, like it's it's just i, w- not,
1: I would say yeah. counterpoint like there's a there's a good reason to wait you know yeah like that almost shows like i mean obviously microsoft is delaying it for their own reasons but like you know if you've got what between 400 and 600 bucks in your pocket or whatever the whatever the hell it is and, and you go into the store and it's like okay like you've got two machines here one of them plays a bunch of brand new games and it looks wacky and it's it's you know it's like a, it's a new thing it's a new number up and the other one is like this is the most powerful thing ever, but it's big, huge flagship title doesn't come out till next year. And also like, it doesn't really have any massive launch titles. Then, you know, like I think that it's, it's basically being like, okay, yeah, like it'll still be there. Like you can get a series X in like six months and it's, you know, there'll be more, more on it, you know? So I don't know. It's yeah. I mean,
2: they, their long game here is basically like when a, when a baseball team gets a whole bunch of rookies. And they go, we're going to, we're going to nurture these, these players. We're going to build them up and build them up. And five or six years from now, we're going to have this like unstoppable force, So maybe three or four years from now, which is great, but that doesn't really do anything for fans in the stands this fall. And so I think that's what makes it kind of different. And it's absolutely rare that you'll get a sports metaphor out of me on this show.
1: Or <laughs> yeah, I was going to really. say, I don't really know, understand these words yeah. you're saying. <laughs>
0: He he watched a couple trailers for MLB the show, and so he, you know. I got hit in the baseball (laughs) in the end of the baseball once.
2: No, um, so I I do think that like one of the things that was sort of interesting about the last few days, not to make this like an Xbox show, but the uh Series X slash Series S controller uh leaked. Uh it was, I believe, stolen from the back of stores during riots in Chicago, among other
1: places. Wow. Um,
2: yeah street dates were broken 2020 pictures of it. <laughs> yep yeah. pictures of it out in the wild um fully rotating it is you know functionally identical to the current system blah 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 blah. or current controller it's got a new button better you know sort of um improved latency stuff like that uh slightly better feel but interesting thing on it was in the corner of it uh it said it, the warranty for it would be up uh november 6 2021 and so going by going by a one-year warranty that would mean hypothetically that the series x and series s could launch november 5th or 6th this year and so for microsoft saying november today i think what's interesting about that is will sony come in before that or after that and part of me thinks that they will give they'll give microsoft like a week or two head start and they'll show up just in time for black friday and yeah. just kind of Obliterate the rest of the year. I so, I, I think that's like what are you gonna say?
0: i uh, just I'm looking at the calendar. November fifth and sixth are Thursday and Friday. So those are very okay. good likely days. They're also, and I'll I'll say this the a few days after election day, which obviously only matters for North America for the US, but the US of course is a big region for that. And people are probably I mean,
2: so does the Xbox.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but just ho- hopefully, you know, people have other stuff going on earlier in the week to focus on. Um, so I, I think launching before then is a bit of a weird time, but that that week makes a lot of sense. But then two weeks after is um, Assassin's Creed and Cyberpunk week, and then whatever else gets announced for then. Hmm. So there's the week of the 9th to the 13th, which, you know, if they launch Thursday or Friday is the 12th to 13th. I think that's not a bad window. You know, it, it gives It gives Xbox a week, but gives you a week before the big games come out. Um, It gives you two weeks before the Black Friday rush. Uh, It's a reasonable time to come out that month. Like, uh, unless they're surprising us with a very late November or an October launch, which I don't think is the case. I I think that week probably makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to go the same day. I don't know about you guys, but that just seems like too much.
2: Oh, God, no. Yeah, I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, Oh, maybe <laughs>
0: yeah it'd, it'd be an interesting uh i'd feel a lot of sympathy for anyone who has to work a job that day um, yeah well i job. think
2: um but, i mean i feel a lot of sympathy for anybody that has to you know work in any store right now yeah honestly no, absolutely but uh, i do think that that that's a, that's an interesting wrinkle to things too i mean you're not you're you're likely not going to have traditional midnight launches right yeah i mean people are lined up outside of the bank right now so who knows <laughs> that that looks i like mean
1: the lines nice are going to look extra long because everyone's got to stand further apart than normal true that's true they will yeah. physically be longer so even if they're short <laughs> they will look like there's a lot of people there. oh boy can oh, we talk oh, about
0: games people, yeah we can talk about superheroes think. we can talk about superheroes we've been talking about
1: like hypothetical business things regarding games talk about a game where you go, i don't know go fight a superhero but you don't like it <laughs> what do you mean i don't like it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you can Matt, do so why don't you intro the next the next second? <laughs> okay. I think this so, is perfect. Uh,
1: in this wonderful golden age of streaming media and high definition video, what better way to tease an upcoming highly anticipated video game, but with the graphical overload known as the JPEG image? Uh we got a big, huge, I guess, reveal of a much-rumored suicide squad game from Rocksteady, which featured this, the crosshair crosshairs on Superman's head, because who in the world hasn't wanted to just shoot Superman in the head with a gun? Uh, and I got. I, yeah.
0: I just I gotta say I. I love Rocksteady. The Arkham games are some of my favorite games of the last generation. <laughs> I, you know, I have waited so long to see this game. I felt so much like the, and they just tweeted it out guy. That's like, yeah. that's
1: exactly it. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, so that is a running theme with DC stuff. And I like, I like DC stuff. I think it's interesting. I also like pageantry and I like the idea of there being some kind of like pomp and excitement surrounding something. And it's really weird that there's this like track record of, uh you know, like, like, unite the seven the first photo of aquaman courtesy of Zack snyder's twitter or oh here's the screen test for batman but you can't see his ears or oh hey here's the suicide squad the jpeg but it shows superman instead here's- of which suicide squad members are in it you know like well, here's remember three the three logos batman? for batman
0: yeah yeah oh, well sad batman for yeah batman v superman and then yeah for the upcoming batman game they still haven't announced here's three logos six months apart
1: and like, I get it because we're talking about it. It definitely yeah. gets people, you know, yapping about it as opposed to picking apart a trailer. And it's probably cheaper to upload an image than whatever else. But uh, it is it is weird to be like, oh, hey, it's a real thing. Like this could have been such a cool like and one more thing at the end of one of the many video game presentations that are taking place across this weird year. Uh, presumably, it's going to get a proper reveal during DC Fandom. Uh, I I hope we I mean, it'd be cool as hell if we got a, if we got Suicide Squad and also Court of Owls revealed. Um, don't get me wrong. I want to play this game. I want to I want to find out what this game is. If, if it find out it's like a if it's a, you know, a battle royale or like a multiplayer, you know, Gotham City Imposters type shooter, then I'll probably pass. But if it's a, you know, brand new single player Suicide Squad game, then count me in. Um, but that being said, like, it's weird to be like, surprise. Here is confirmation and a big hint about what the premise is with uh, a JPEG on Twitter.
2: Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> what I, I mean, just incredibly, this is a this is a very unceremonious year in a lot of ways, you know, I'm like, but that's that that could have been so much more like it, yeah. it, it just it just feels so weird to have all these theories uh, and conversations pent up for so long about, you know, what are they working on next? It's also presumably this is this has been in development since. What the first, the original Suicide Squad movie came out in theaters, right? And subsequently. Theoretically,
0: I, I've definitely disappointed heard. Disappointed millions. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard rumors and like Scuttlebutt and nothing that we've ever, you know, been able to nail down to report on. But like, I, I've heard enough that essentially they've been working on a DC like Destiny game for a while where it was. And I think the originally the thoughts were that it was Justice League focused, like it was more on the hero side. But. Because uh, there were also rumors that another studio was working on a Suicide Squad game that got canned, and so this is possibly like taking up the mantle of that. There's a whole lot of like would be WB games that never happened uh, that could probably fill a book. But it, I, I don't know how long the Suicide Squad angle has been in development personally, but yeah, it it feels like DC is really like we need to make sure people still love this brand after that movie just made a lot of money but no one liked. You won an Academy yeah. Award. It's true. Yeah, it is the Academy Award winning Suicide Squad.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I hope this isn't a Games as a Service. On the flip side, this could this could launch, you know, alongside the next Suicide Squad movie, which uh, potentially looks much better or sounds much better mm-hmm. in theory. And, you know, Birds of Prey was fun enough, so there's interest there. But yeah, Games as a Service is not really what I want from. You know,
1: flip side, guys. like Suicide Squad is, is kind of perfect for a Battle Royale. Like the idea of taking a bunch of people and kicking them out of an airplane and being like, if you die, you die. Have fun down there. Good luck. Like that's that is the core premise of what Suicide Squad was, but they're all taking on objectives. So if you have some kind of a, you know, cooperative PVE, like, I mean, I guess like permadeath type of situation, that could be fun as hell. Like that could be a really interesting premise for a game. But I can't help but feel like shooting Superman in the head is not really hitting at that. So I don't I don't know what to expect, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 I definitely agree with you. I think we'll see more at Fandom. Uh, the timing just makes so much sense. But yeah, it's one of those strange like, boy, I've I've wanted to know what they've been doing for so long, and now we know we'll be hunting Superman. I guess like, um, you if know, it is- I mean, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was gonna say if it, if it is a battle royal, I really hope that they make it so Rope Guy automatically dies first in every game. <laughs> like every single time he's like he's like i'm rope guy i do rope stuff and then he
0: dies (laughs) that's um i've i started watching the animated harley quinn show because it's on hbo max now and there's they introduce kite man basically as like that gig or that joke it's like oh here's you know joker and bane and 2 Face and all these people and then kite man what do you do i have a kite on my back (laughs) that's about it so yeah like there's a way that this game could be like really dark, but also funny and like really capture a lot of different tones that I don't think we've seen from a ton of superhero games. Cause you know, there is a lot of self seriousness to the Batman Arkham games, but um, yeah, like I, I love rock I think they they've made some phenomenal games and I can't wait to see what they do next. It's just between this and the WB Montreal rollout. It's just such an interesting time for like such a wealth of characters for them to have been silent for so long. Um, I just, I want some good DC games, but yeah, we're in such mm-hmm. a time for them.
2: I want to um, shoot Superman in the head. I <laughs> 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 uh, hate that yeah. beloved hero.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, apparently it's too difficult to make a Superman game. So make a game where you got to hunt him down. It makes sense. But, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Do, do you guys think like, uh, you know, just on the topic before we move off, do you think we'll see other DC games? Obviously, WB games right now, if they don't sell their studios has nether realm which you know rumors say they might be working on an injustice game after mortal Kombat. uh monolith which was doing the shadow of war and shadow of mordor games uh montreal san francisco like they have a few studios that have been pretty silent for a while hmm. do you guys think we'll see anything more from them i'm, we'll I'm honestly
1: stuff? like i'm dying to see more from just from wb games i i really for the most part like their output um mm-hmm. i feel like when i think like of the third parties like they're i think they they have like the the best track record of like surprising me both in terms of announcements but also in terms of like something that i didn't think would be great actually panning out like the first the first shadow mortar game is like so good um yeah. yeah i mean the second one was good too i just think it doubled down on the nemesis stuff which was less of what made me like that game but i don't know like the the lego games are all solid the um injustice and and mortal combat both both rule and it's like they have occasional like weird offshoots there but I think they also just do some really interesting things with with licenses. The fact that it's, you know, that WB owns DC and and they're like, yeah, go for it. Have fun with it. You know, get get weird with it. Get get excited and have play with it. Have make a video game. Go for it.
0: Yeah, d- WB has such a huge uh, war chest of IP to work with. Whether it's DC, whether it's the Lord of the Rings, whether it's Harry Potter, you know, whatever else WB owns, I I'm, I'm excited to see more from them. I'm the same with you. Like I know that. Uh, it wasn't the most critically well-received, but there's a lot of fans of the Mad Max game. Oh yeah, totally. Like that, one, that was fun as hell. A fun open world game. Like they, they put out really good, as you were saying, surprising stuff sometimes. And in an era where most licensed games have gone to mobile, it's nice to have the surprises every few years. I just wish they would be announcing more. So hopefully we'll see more in just a couple of weeks. Um, a, a couple other things news wise, I just want to mention briefly before we talk about what we're playing. Um, we all thought, or at least on the news team, we all thought Call of Duty 2020 was finally going to be announced this week. Guess what? It was a tease for another tease. Uh, Mark Medina on our team, along with a few other people, got uh, crates with a slide projector and a few slides pointing them to an ARG uh, that led people to a website that is now teasing another clue. But it's just going to be a clue on Friday. Uh, some Activision apparently confirmed to some influencers that this is a like multi-step pronged approach to revealing Call of Duty. And I never thought the given game that we get every year would be such a lead up to its announcement. But. Yeah.
1: How is like how is we're getting this is for an annualized franchise that already had its logo leaked from a bag of Doritos. But like Batman, the greatest detective on Earth, was like, here's a JPEG. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> like there is no ARG with the Court of Owls. There's no like c- trail of clues for like, you know, solving the Cape Crusaders greatest mysteries. But instead they're like, yeah, Call of Duty what will it come out this year what could it possibly be no don't google it by all means don't don't check any rumors or like trademark applications or just data mining
0: local safe to buy those yeah. back i honestly yeah. wish
2: somebody would send me a slide projector i would like one of those <laughs> probably more than i would like a new call of duty game personally i don't know how much of a dad thing that is to say but
0: that'd be, be fun my- the amount of mess that Medina had to clean up, the amount of like hay it was packaged with, it was like a serious <laughs> wooden crate that he was mailed. Uh, I, I'm I'm personally happy I didn't have to deal with that uh, at the end of the day. But
2: promotional yeah. hay is a, is a huge commodity in the video game industry. A lot of people don't know about all the promotional hay that gets sent out. We're
0: <laughs> gonna need a promotional horse for that. <laughs> um but yeah i didn't want to let the week go by without mentioning that just because you know uh, apparently this is the latest we've been into a year in many years that a call of duty game hasn't been announced and it's just one of those like oddities uh that you know it's almost september we still haven't had a
1: call yeah normally games. we would be like their usual cycle they'd be about to show off multiplayer any minute now yeah um they usually do that like going into gamescom or right before it or during it or whatever and we don't have a full reveal of anything so
0: I think Warzone really changed their plans. Like, obviously, that was going to be big, but it was so big at the beginning of this year, and I think they've kind of put a lot of eggs in that basket. Understandably, might as well lean into what to work, what's working. Uh, other quick news hits for the week, uh, just to mention because it's the biggest game our audience cares about that we probably won't see for a few years, but Bioshock 4, uh, the job listings for it indicate it won't take place in Rapture or Columbia. Um, personally, like, I'm a huge Bioshock fan franchise fan i think one they'll probably find a way to go back to rapture or columbia given the franchise's history but i think with this being a new team with it not being led by ken levine i think if they're going to continue bioshock as a series making their own mark letting this team put their own stamp on it is probably the best way to go and you know obviously when they revisited rapture in bioshock 2 and it wasn't the main team making it the biggest thing people knocked it for was like well it's not as good as the first one so i think starting something new starting something fresh is probably the best chance this game will have for like being memorable to the audience it's
1: also it's Love weird this. that that's like a beloved trilogy that has two settings yeah <laughs> i don't know it's i I'm, i would be extremely annoyed if they were like great news you're going back to rapture i'd be like i oh, yeah, i've been there it's fine but I, yeah don't. yeah spent a lot I, of time there it's also it's weird to put that in the job listing that seems like unnecessary details that you could probably tell somebody over like you know in a job interview or like over the phone or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the news of this Bioshock happening, other than a Kotaku report, most of the info was coming from the job listings that kind of accidentally list, indicated it was a Bioshock game. So that's the new place to find news these days. Uh also briefly wanted to mention Last of Us Part Two is getting an update this week. Uh it's going to get the grounded difficulty, which was the hardest difficulty in the original game. It's now finally coming to this one, as well as a permadeath mode. So you can tackle individual chapters, locations, like chunks of the game, or the entire game with a permadeath run. So if you die, the game ends. Uh there's a, a few screenshots online to show you kind of like how it keeps track of your stats and everything, but there's also just a whole bunch of uh modifiers that they're adding to the game as well. Um, visual things that you can do for photo mode and whatnot um uh more accessibility improvements all that sort of stuff which is it's great to see for a game that i'm not expecting dlc for um i i think it's really interesting that we've seen this generation god of wars spider-man granted had its dlc but god of war spider-man and days gone to a certain extent all had like really big news hits just on like patch updates like yeah sony has found a way to eventize patch updates for new game plus or for new difficulty modes or things like that uh in a really smart way where they've become almost as important as big dlc updates
2: it's interesting too because it's like i don't know back in my day those things were just there at the start um but i i was like when when they said they're adding new game plus to you know uh god of war i'm like oh that's awesome so people have another excuse to play that um personally with the last of us 2 i adored it and i don't ever need to play it again because it wrecked me uh but like going through on the hardest difficulty is is definitely an awesome challenge for fans adding yeah. new trophies is super cool for people you know super interested in that game so yeah like i mean within a week we got harder modes added to ghost of tsushima and the last of us 2 which is like that rules like i don't know i love i love hard games here and there so that's like that's super cool keep keep doing that
0: yeah, it, it's Maybe really launch cool with to them. See them. Now. Yeah. Um, but then, hey, they get a, another press beat out of it, like right now. Uh So I, I get the marketing side of it, for sure. But uh, anyway, other than that, the other um, news thing I wanted to mention briefly is just Fall Guys, which is what I pretty much played all weekend. Uh, they're getting their first big post-launch update. Uh, they're not adding... I know there's no invert camera controls yet, unfortunately, for people on PS4. Uh, that doesn't matter for me. I've been winning just fine. But uh, if you do you want to see what they're updating. There, there's a full list of stuff in a Twitter thread, also on IGN.com, but they're adding in a new game that was there in the PC betas uh, that hasn't been the game since launch. Uh, they're changing up some of the uh, balancing issues, one of them being one of the final games you can get, which is like Royal Fumble, I think, where you have to uh chase people only one person has a tail and you have to have the tail at the end of it uh that will show up less which is great because i suck at that game
1: that one sucks i I lost my first round at that because i had a cosmetic wolf costume on which had a tail but i hadn't paid attention to that and so i was like just like hell yeah i got my tail i'm ready to go and then i didn't realize it was like a fancy little raccoon tail you're supposed to find
0: that happened to me the i i put that costume on and for the first minute of a match i was like i'm cool no one's chasing me i'm in the corner just hanging out i'm gonna win this and then i saw the two other people run by and i was like oh no yeah (laughs) oh no but uh yeah i i've been having a ton of uh, fun with fall guys they uh haven't released ps plus numbers but they hit two million sales on steam Uh, obviously it was free on ps plus uh they seem to be doing well, and it's definitely well deserved. It's a really fun game. Uh, but speaking of games that we've been playing, I did want to hear from you guys. Uh, what what have you guys been playing much in these weird August times, where it's kind of the lull in between the big summer releases and the big fall releases?
1: I I jumped into the Avengers beta this weekend, and um, kind of immediately had deja vu to playing the original Destiny beta whenever that was. I guess that was I guess I guess that was on PS4. Yeah, it was The like PS4 was already out but there wasn't a there wasn't much going on. And it was they just were, this yeah.
0: They released it during an E3 show, I remember. Right. Like the first version of it came out during an E3 press.
1: But record. yeah, I, I like jumped into that. I just I and I, I mean this in sort of like a I don't know. This game is definitely not for me. I think it's it's you know competently made but it totally feels like one of those things that was sort of grown in a lab to appeal to a specific type of very wide audience like it has collectible loot it has um you know elements for crafting it has a hub thing with mission select like it um i don't know it just it feels very very destiny-ish which is exactly what it's setting out to do so i can't really fault it on that front but i guess i was just sort of hoping it would it would be they would it would wow me a little bit more um also there's something like i remember when they first showed off their fairly underwhelming e3 reveal last year and i was just like this looks a lot like a tutorial and then lo and behold it was the tutorial which i just feel like is sort of the weirdest way to get your game off on the right foot is to just be like here's the part that no one likes because it just teaches you how to use buttons uh yeah i don't know like i messed around with it and i just it's it is exactly a video game it is one big big huge video game and i just like i'm 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 i like marvel stuff but i'm sort of fair weather about the avengers so i'm not like super let down like if they were like this is the new spider-man game i'd be like no thank you but um or the x-men yeah if this was x-men i'd be crying but uh <laughs> yeah i don't know uh,
0: <laughs> yeah it's they're definitely like i i've played for two weekends now because uh, we had some early access for a press beta uh but it was I I definitely enjoyed moments and there's like a a part of my brain where I'm like, Oh yeah, it's really fun to see Kamala's foot get huge and kick an enemy into the wall or Iron Man's rockets to shoot and knock two enemies out uh, of the air. But the, I liked the campaign missions enough that I want to see those, but it's because they were bespoke to the heroes you're playing as like when the game has to accommodate six plus heroes, it starts to be like, well, anything's interchangeable at that point, seemingly. So what, what matters
1: yeah i mean if anything it's like it the sort of quality of the of the craftsmanship of the game is really what is just kind of salt in the wound because the fact that it is like it's like a really it's a really gorgeous hulk model and when he punches stuff it feels pretty good i just hate that you're punching a bunch of generic robots repeatedly and numbers are flying out of them and it's like oh it's all to you know level up your light level or whatever and like kamala khan is is awesome like her 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 uh, you know abilities are really cool it's just sort of like it would be so awesome if that was in a game that was just about this character you know just yeah. just you know and i like i know that's just that's just griping about a beta for a game that i'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to and i don't i don't mean to poo poo it but uh you know like we kind of we saw this one coming i think like this is this is them trying to make a big huge um you know massively successful triple a shared world video game and it's like I guess I guess another thing is, is that I just wish that like there was a point in time where like licensed license games typically really sucked. But occasionally you'd have those weird like those weird gems that would come along that were surprisingly good, despite being kind of crapped out for a holiday release. And now it seems like license holders kind of like they got more careful with it and they're like, oh, no, we are. We have a triple A brand like Avengers or Star Wars or whatever. And like we really want it to be just we got to make it special. It's got to be amazing. It's got to appeal to absolutely everybody. And so instead of getting like a bunch of like weird games every, every couple of years that sometimes are terrible and sometimes are like so-so or like fun, we get like these micromanaged, super refined, all of the pointy edges are filed off. Like I'm I'm thinking also of sort of Battlefront two, which um, I liked Battlefront one a lot. It felt kind of light on features, but then when Star Wars Battlefront two came out, it felt like they were just trying to check every possible box like they were like, this is a multiplayer shooter, but it's also a hero shooter. And also it has loot boxes and it's cosmetic, but the cosmetics don't affect your stats, but you do have cards that do affect stats And it was just like, it, it was took, just- It a took b- years for them to sort of let their guard down and get a little weird with that game. Yeah. 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 Sure. And it was, I mean, it's just, it's that level of like, oh, you can't you can't do anything that would that would possibly uh, even accidentally besmirch the brand by not taking it seriously enough. And it's like, I don't know. I grew up with like crappy LucasArts games that were often like kind of great because of how like, Nobody was paying too close attention to them. Like, they're like, yeah, this is the hidden Sam and Max head in this level. Go find it. Or, like,
0: you know, yeah, oh, yeah. type in a Wookiee always... Roar
1: and you get a cheat or whatever.
0: I always go back to, like, I trust me, I don't think it was the best RPG of its time or anything, but, like, as a kid, the third Harry Potter game for GBA, the Prisoner of Azkaban game, was a turn-based RPG, like a pixel art, isometric turn-based RPG, and that, that just was, like, weird and out of nowhere because they, you know, had limitations, but that yeah. would get made today. And I'm totally there with you, like, needing to appeal to everyone... Means there is some really great stuff in here, and like you said, like there is some very clear like craftsmanship craftsmanship going on in this game. But yeah, it by appealing to everyone, you end up sometimes not appealing to uh, you know the core base that might matter. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting to see, I think, how the launch of this game goes because I do think I've said this a lot. No matter how it is at the beginning, they are going to support this game. Like the mm-hmm. Avengers is one of the biggest entertainment properties out there right now they are going to make sure this game has a life to it and so like i, I i'm excited to check back in in a year to see
1: i think that's like, like but, that's the other thing is that i want I, you know comparing it back to destiny as i burned through like the uh both like the alpha and the beta and then when the game came out i played it at launch and it didn't have like anything really going for it and then by the time like whatever the iron crusade or taken king or like whatever the the, the first big update came out and everyone's like, now it's really good. I was like, ah, I'm over it. I'm done. So maybe I'll just like peace out and wait a year and then be like, oh, they've added Moon Knight or whatever. And I can go and see what's going on there. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's weird in terms of like the AAA approach to licensed games. It seems like you get either get these massive multi-year, um, you know, games as a service or these like big, huge like AAA launches that really have to deliver on all possible fronts. And then anything smaller than that is just like free to play mobile shovelware. You know, there's like there's no room to sell a video game that's just I mean, which makes me happy that we're seeing stuff like Jedi Fallen Order and, uh, you know, Star Wars Squadrons, like smaller, more focused ideas. But yeah, I mean, it's it's also weird that we got we got the Avengers movie after they'd been building up to that for so long, like they'd really they'd really earned the right to do that. And this is just coming out with like, you know, five to six heroes, depending on which platform you're on. (laughs) <laughs> and you know part of me is like well we could all, what if we had you know a great hawkeye game and a great black widow game and a great hulk game and you
0: know it, it instantly made me want a game for each of them because it was like starting to play the Black Widow skill set. It's like, oh, I really like this grappling hook mixed in with her invisibility, I just want to play a campaign right. on that. I just want to yeah. play a campaign with Iron Man skills. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, we're definitely reserving full judgment. I've, I know there's been some discussion about the review in progress that's on IGN. Uh, definitely read all of uh Tom's thoughts about the game. He he wrote 3,000 words about a thing he is very, you know, thinks there's good in, but also thinks there's a lot that needs to be worked on. And obviously, he's f- holding full judgment. There is no score on that thing. He's holding full judgment till the full game comes out. But uh, definitely read all his thoughts. Obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on it as it goes into launch. But yeah, it's, it is a very strange one.
2: Yeah, this is, I mean... I- I don't think I don't think anybody should sort of feel bad about being critical or judgmental or praising this beta because that's literally why it exists, right? Like it's yeah. it exists for players to engage with and enjoy, and if they don't like it, to leave feedback, which the developers said that they're they you know they're reading, they're they're watching, they're they're coming through YouTube uh, YouTubers and comments and stuff like that. And I think yeah. that's awesome because this is this is definitely going to be a living, growing thing for a very long time. But it also sort of feels Vegas buffet versus you know miles morales which is like a, a nice single thing of food that i'm you know like a cheeseburger <laughs> or a steak where i yeah. know it's going to be awesome um and it's, so yeah
0: i was just gonna say it's so strange because you know like I, i've spoken to a lot of the devs for the ig first and there's definitely a lot of like love for marvel franchises and love for wanting to get this right and crystal is a really great developer like they've they're coming off of two really really strong tomb raider games that everyone loved and so it, it's just such a strange place. And like, I know the talent is there. I know the passion is there. I do just think it is like a the, trying to please too many masters. And so at the end of the day, it is yeah,
1: like to do a lot of, work. To, to reiterate, like, I don't, I don't think it's bad by any means. Like, I think yeah, that a lot of sure. people are going to have a really good time with it. And I think it's incredibly well-made. I just think the fundamental concept of what it is and what it's trying to do is directly, specifically, not for me or not something that I'm interested sure. in, which is just, yeah. you know, like that's I can recognize that. And I can be like, well, oh, well, <laughs> oh, yeah. shucks.
0: If um, go, before, before I play on, the Hulk
1: movie tie in game from 2003,
0: <laughs> <laughs> go play Hulk ultimate destruction. Um, yeah. Who would you want to make an X-Men game?
1: God, don't ask me that.
0: OK, think about it for next week, because I've, I've been thinking about it a lot ever since I like. Twitter.
1: Here's what here's what I want. Like if we got to make a big, huge game that's appealed to everybody. um uh give me give me a secret wars game where it's just Mm -hmm, it's it's squads of it's like a battle royale but with superheroes like i mean do like an overwatch approach where they really flesh out these characters and give them like class-based stuff and then you know they're being transported to a funky island by the beyonder (laughs) and they all have to fight each other and then yeah
0: I'd watch that or I play that even Mojo puts them in crazy games. And we see.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I I think the problem Um, with, with any kind of game based on a superhero team is that you've got to balance out that many superheroes and you know, it's why super it's why Spider-Man and and Batman work better as video game protagonists because they're one person to figure out. Like, I don't, I don't know how you make a good X-Men game. It's kind of,
0: yeah. Well, it's there's,
2: there are also like, I think those characters specifically lend themselves to the, the sort of, The golden loop of video games, which is, you know, accessing new stuff by conquesting opponents and improving your character uh, and rinse and repeat like Spider-Man gets new costumes and new gadgets and stuff like that. And Batman is full of things like that. And the Hulk gets shorts
0: you're changing out his rib cage in this game his gear his his wrists and his rib cage yeah so
2: stuff like that is like i mean they made it you know they're making it work but i do think that like some things lend themselves a lot better than others and there's for sure like i don't know i i'm with max in that like i think you have to either go kind of like goofy over the top with x-men which is i think what the um like the lego games can do what the uh you know ultimate alliance games can do stuff like that i think that works um but i would i would love to see like a really painstakingly you know taken care of approach to wolverine as a as a third person single player game you know running on next gen consoles you know throw that to like throw that to naughty dog or throw that to you know from soft or you know throw it to you know insomniac like sucker punch like it, take yeah. take a character like that and you know make it make a gambit game make a you know like there's make a magneto game like there's so much there's so much no, that you could do I,
1: it's also i think like trying to make a big triple a game again it's really tricky because you have so many more bits and pieces to worry about but like what if what about just like a smaller 2.5 d game like give me like give me the original X Men class, but it's by the guys who did Trine, and they have to solve like weird puzzles. Oh, and it's man. like some of them you have to move a boulder with Beast, and other things Angel has to fly up. And you know, oh no, like Iceman will freeze this wall. Like just you know, I would keep absolutely. It simple. I would absolutely love like a reboot of the X Men arcade game
2: for Genesis, but um, like co op multiplayer with more puzzles. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah, that's I like that there, a lot.
0: There's a room for small superhero games, smaller scale superhero games, and we're just not seeing that right now. And I, yeah, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would totally work. There's the Trine devs, the um, Way Forward obviously could do quite a bit. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of devs who could totally tackle that stuff. And I hope we see that in the future, even though next gen is all about making bigger and prettier things. God,
2: um, a a Way Gambit game, like that was like a Metroidvania, would be so damn cool.
0: That'd be great. God, we just need to do an X Men list episode. Um uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, before we wrap up, Brian, I know you're not playing much, but just uh briefly, how how is your watch through of uh is it the top two hundred horror movies of all time?
2: I'm trying to watch every horror movie that I hadn't watched. Like horror is my favorite film genre, but there's a yeah. lot of I'm realizing there's a lot of blanks and there's a lot of blank time now. Um, since I'm not on <laughs> fifty airplanes this year. So yeah, I've just been going through <laughs> watching everything. I watched Jacob's ladder right now. Oh yeah. Uh, just just yesterday, which oh
1: God, that movie's man. so good.
2: Oh my god that movie messed me up no. um, so good yeah i'm on uh i'm on letterboxd if you want to follow me there okay. but yeah i've watched 135 movies this year Damn. which is pretty awesome and i think i have like 40 or 50 left on my list of uh horror movies to watch through i'm watching through classics like ride of frankenstein nosferatu 1932 was like or 19 like 1930 to 1935 was a goddamn amazing time for horror holy <laughs> crap um yeah, just going through fun stuff. Um, nice. it's it's been really, really cool.
0: Yeah. I um save it for another episode because I know we're running out of time. But I actually finally watched uh Midsummer for the first time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Randomly, just like two or three nights ago, we were on Amazon. We we're like, Wanna watch Midsummer? And then my girlfriend just clicked it and I'm like, is this a is this a game? Like, am I supposed to say no? We'll watch something nicer right now. And then we just watch the whole movie. Uh so that was an interesting way to spend a Friday night <laughs> amidst all of this. Uh, uh I will say I really enjoyed it it's not I wasn't scared like I was never
1: no it's that, just deeply upsetting
0: yeah it, yeah. it was like I, I I think I heard so many things about how moving the experience of watching it was going to be that I kept waiting to be like just freaked out to no end and that never quite happened for me but like I I enjoyed it a lot I thought like the balance of uh, the fact that it was sunny so much like for an unnerving tense film was such a, a great juxtaposition, but yeah, it was that like unknowable, something has to come out of frame or like something's in the background that I'm not noticing, or just knowing that like all this nature could at any yep. point lead to something shocking was a really nice, unexpected. Um, you should
2: experience. watch a, uh, you should watch the original Wicker Man after that. Cause I think yeah, that I've never seen that one. Obviously incredibly tonally uh, similar beats in terms of, you know, um, quaint small town horror
1: stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, man. I I, I don't know. I, I love both those movies. And then watch the Nicholas Cage Wicker Man, where there's like <laughs> birds hiding in death and stuff. They get covered with bees. Yeah, that'll
2: be one of those things where you'd be like, I've seen gifts of this for years, and now I can put a name to the face.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen his Not the Bees scene more than I've seen most Nicolas Cage performances, like (laughs) runtime. But I think we should definitely save some horror talk for once Lucy is back on the show as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up for the week. That's about everything PlayStation wise I can think of now that we're onto the horror movie beat. Uh, I do want to mention, because this is something that we had talked about before the show, uh, and Max, if you're willing to have it for next week uh, or a week after that would be rad but uh obviously we put up our top 25 ps4 list uh it's now been updated for as far as we know every major first party playstation game that's going to come out this generation is out so we updated the ign staff list of top 25 ps4 games uh basically like a, if you're buying a ps4 here's the 25 games you should go jump into right now uh but of course it's a bunch of different opinions all wrapped up into one list and we all have our differing uh you know top games list and so we had kind of joked about it last week but we talked about it on you know slack off the air uh and i'm totally down for all of us to kind of bring our like top 10 top 25 however many we want to do ps4 games lists to this show every week uh, for the next few weeks uh and kind of talk about you know the games i wrote that.
1: out i wrote out my my top 10 i'm pretty excited <laughs> about it it's, <laughs> it's, it's nice watching. it's just sort of like a little yeah. trip down memory lane of like oh yeah the last seven years i've had a lot of great games and
0: yeah yeah, I don't know how mad Red is going to get at me if we kept going. but No, uh, we can
1: stop, but I'll, we yeah. can do it next week.
0: We'll, we'll definitely make time for that next week. But yeah, um, I think the you know, core cast and uh, a few of the regular guests will bring on our top list and then you know look back because there's a lot of games still coming out this fall, but sort of look at what we've loved from the last gen because, yeah, as Max was saying, a lot of really good games came out this generation. It's, it's nice to go back and think about all that before we jump into the next generation and forget this one ever happened uh but before we do that of course we'll have many more weeks to come of podcast beyond ahead of the ps5 launch uh so thank you so much for listening and or watching this episode listening to or watching this episode uh thank you to max and brian for joining me for this week and thank you to red our producer uh beyonds normally live every wednesday at 3 p.m pacific at beyond.ign.com youtube.com slash ign beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world uh remember Please write in with how many dangling participles you thought happened in this episode. (laughs) And we'll reveal the correct tally next week, I'm sure. Uh, But anyway, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for listening to our crazy shenanigans. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always, beyond.
2: Beyond. Beyond.